You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're covering furry infatuation. Why we love them, can't live without them, why pets are so much a part of our lives today. And that brings me to my rant of the week. We're well into spring, a time for new flowers, and love is in the air, including love of the furry kind. Now, with all the puppies and kittens available this time of year, chances are listeners are primed and ready to fall for a pair of puppy dog eyes or a purring furball. And if you're like me, you're a sucker for dogs and cats of any age. For the life of me, I can't understand those poor, misguided souls who have never experienced the love of a cat or a dog. Love me? Better love my critters. And I've often wondered, why am I so darn passionate about pets while others could care less? Did I simply inherit the pet lover gene? Why do we love pets? To answer that question today, we have psychologist Dr. Aubrey Fine, who has been in the field of animal-assisted therapy for over 25 years. Dr. Fine has also been an active faculty member at the California State Polytechnic University for 26 years and is the author and lecturer on the subject of the pet owner bond. His newest book, Afternoons with Puppy, was released this past December. So we're going to talk with him about his book, The Bond, and why we love pets right after these messages from our sponsor. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Flight 291 is now boarding. All passengers, please proceed to gate 4. And who's this traveling with us today? This is Bailey. She's never flown Midwest Airlines before. Hi, Bailey. She'll be fine. We take special care of our traveling pets. In fact, our premier pet program was created by an employee and dog lover who believes that pets should be handled as precious cargo. And they are. Oh, and they earn travel rewards, too. Oh, good. Thanks for flying Midwest Airlines, Bailey. Enjoy your flight. Visit MidwestAirlines.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend. 
and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Welcome to Personals.com. As a fellow cat owner, I know how finicky we are. From our friendships to our loves to just about everything, not any old website is going to satisfy us. Here at Personals.com, cat lovers from all walks of life can celebrate the photos, the stories, and videos of their beloved family member. And if you're single, here's your chance to meet someone who's perfect for you. Share your personality today for free. See you soon. Personals.com. That's P-U-R-R-S-O-N-A-L-S.com. Finally, a place to meet that special person. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. On the Pet Set with our fashion diva, Queen Dog Lady. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves, so here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm talking with Dr. Aubrey Fine, the editor of the Handbook on Animal Assisted Therapy, as well as a new title for all pet lovers called Afternoons with Puppy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fine. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the topic, I wanted listeners to learn just a little bit about you, Dr. Fine. Uh, What what pets do you have? You have cats, you have dogs, you have other critters? I have uh, dogs, I have birds, I have lizards, and I have fish, but... Amy, the interesting thing is I never had an animal until I was an adult. And, and I always like to tell the story when I was in my mid-20s, late 20s actually, there I was in front of a, a store and someone was selling a golden retriever that had been returned and her husband didn't want her to have to keep another part of the litter. And, and it's funny, there I was, an adult, almost looking like a little kid again, uh, begging my wife, saying, you know, I, we, we've talked about getting a golden for years. Here's the dog. Can we get one? And, and I turned five years old when I was in the <laughs> 20s again. So I've had a love affair with animals for many, many years now. What was the name of that dog? Just the, My first golden retriever, her name, his name actually was Goldie. Uh, very creative in our, our names for dogs. <laughs> we had Goldie, we had Kitty, we had Puppy, so we've had uh, lots of fun names. So afternoons with puppy is really puppy is the name of the dog that that you're now using with your animal assisted therapy uh, protocols. Well, puppy was my first therapy dog. After Goldie, uh, we rescued uh, puppy who was uh, an abandoned but abused golden retriever, and and um, she was a wonderful, wonderful dog. Uh, she actually passed away six years ago, and uh, that is why I named the book Afternoons with Puppy in her honor. Since then, we have several other dogs that work with me. I actually have three dogs, two Goldens and one Black Lab, that uh, work with me in my clinical practice. But Puppy was the, the really 
the inspiration that got me to truly understand more of the human-animal bond. You know, I, I, I actually began my work in animal-assisted interventions, as we've talked to, mentioned to the listeners, when I was a student in Canada. And really, my first real pet was, was a gerbil. And I brought that gerbil to a program that I had for children with learning disabilities. And what amazed me was I brought her as my uh, shared that day. I was the director of a program. We had lots and lots of children. And when I brought Sasha, that was the name we, we had for her, in, what I was surprised was the children who were very active and at times inattentive all sat down very quietly and gently because they wanted to interact with her. And it ended up that Sasha was the became the mascot of our program children, uh, made her little costumes. They, they, <laughs> they, one kid actually made her a habitat. And that's what inspired me to really begin to look at the human-animal bond. But it was Puppy that really opened my eyes uh, to the, the, the inherent powers, and the healing powers that animals provide us. You know, what's it like to come into an office and to be greeted by a warm-hearted, cold-nosed golden retriever that just hops on over to you and gets you engaged. So um, wonderful, wonderful experiences with her over that decade that we worked together. Well, explain for listeners what exactly is animal-assisted therapy. Well, animal-assisted therapy is the incorporation of animals in, in a variety of therapeutic environments. Not only do psychologists, mental health people um, use animals in therapy, but over the years now we're starting to see speech and language therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, nursing staff that use animals in their environments. Now that's traditional animal-assisted therapy versus what some people might hear, which is called animal-assisted activities where people, volunteers bring their animals to hospitals, to schools, to visits. And, and I want to share with the listeners that I see that as being as equally as powerful, but it's used in a different way. My way is how I use animals to help break uh, the ice with youngsters, to help uh, support a, a tremendous warm therapeutic environment. And sometimes I use the animals to teach and for lessons. And we could talk about some of these stories um, as we go through our interview. Can you explain to us why? I mean, it, uh, people love animals so much. I, I mean, I, I grew up um, probably petting dogs before I could walk, and uh, yet others such as yourself didn't have their first pet until they were husband in a culture, ideas. you know, right. that, um, that, that did not have pets uh, traditionally, and yet he's, he's an avid pet owner now. So uh, why, why do people love animals? How does that work? You know, when you, when you look in people's eyes and you ask them, you know, why do they love their animals, you get lots and lots of reasons. Some people say it's for pleasure. Some people say it's for the love, the attention that the animal gives them. Some people say it's for companionship. And some people even say it's a, a reason to live. You know, I, I can give you one example of that. Um, Three years ago, we got our last golden retriever, and, and her name is Magic. And Magic um, is That's the name retriever. of my dog, too. <laughs> oh, is that right? The, yeah. the reason we named this is that one of my patients um, named her because I, I'm also a, a professional magician. I do magic in my therapy as well. And one youngster said to me, you know, Dr. Fine, although you're a good magician, the best magic you have here is these four-legged creatures. Why don't you name your next dog Magic? Well, the... the 
if I personalize the story, giving you the notion of reason to live, um, two days before we picked up Magic, although we knew we were getting her from one of my friends who had uh, bred his dog, um, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, I remember watching Magic during the early uh, weeks after my wife's surgery and how Magic really was an inspiration in getting my wife up and going. In fact, um, I remember my wife commenting and saying to me that now I know why we got Magic. She was the reason that helped me get up and get going and, and helped me keep my mind busy enough so that I didn't worry about my own pain. So there are many, many reasons, but when you look at it, some of the research talks about the attachment that we have. And for so many of us, we enjoy being a caregiver uh, and we want to support the life of another being. And that's one of the reasons, or at least one of the research reasons, that suggests that we love to be around animals. And in many ways, um, we're suckers for cold noses, warm hearts, <laughs> and wet tongues. And, and, and in many ways, that is, is one of the inspirations of why people like to be around their animals. Well, I know that um, in, in my work uh, as an animal behavior consultant and talking with, uh, with people who are getting new pets, puppies and kittens, I talk a great deal about the socialization period of these, these little guys, that, that there's a prime socialization period happens very early with, uh, with kittens, uh, also early with dogs, but not quite as much. But this is a time when they learn what is safe, what is scary, how that they should accept humans as a part of their family. Now, if they do not have this socialization, then they're going to act and react like a little wild creature as they get older. They may never create a bond there. Now, is there something like that for kids also, for our human children to learn to accept pets? Is there a socialization period there that if they miss out on it, it's more difficult for them to, to appreciate I, I this kind of bond? I, I think that there's never a, a time that's too late to, to, to appreciate the bond. You know, I'm a prime example. You know, I never realized that I would become like the living Dr. Doodle with all these animals around me. But I think that what you find is that children need to be mentored to interact with animals. You know, it's, it's, it, animals can share with us their lives, but children need to know how to relate with animals to, to learn to respect that co-relationship. But with children, of course, there's so many lessons that children can gain from being with animals, such as empathy, care, responsibility, and, and more importantly, I, you know, you see so many children, especially who are exposed to animals early on, who develop such a unique friendship with their, their pets that they use them often as confidants. You know, how often do you see youngsters curl up and talk to their dogs, birds, whoever uh, their, 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 their pet is, and, and share part of their life with them? So I, I think that um, when you look at the pet purchasing process, you, more families with younger children seem to have pets because families recognize the importance that animals can provide within a family. But, but, I, but I do believe that, that children need to be guided in, in teaching them ways to interact. And in so many ways, that's part of what we even do in, in a therapeutic environment, how children need to learn how to interact gently, how to share time and space with, with an animal. Okay. Well, are there there are types of pets that certain people gravitate toward more than others, and is that 
perhaps uh, have something to do with what they experience as, as youngsters then? I know I, I spoke with, I'm trying to remember who that was. I think it was a, a psychiatrist, actually, who suggested that the positive experiences we have as a child with animals may influence our choices down the road. Absolutely. And, and, and I agree with that, but, but I also look at the fact that it's almost like Baskin and Robbins' 31 Choices. Yes. Um, many people have uh, <laughs> different uh, flavors that they like, and for every person, um, they may have their own favorite, but each flavor has um, different followers. So I, I think that, you know, when you look at species of animals, it, it really is dependent on what, what, what a child or a family is interested in. Sometimes it's, you know, a history. You know, a family may have a history with cats or, or birds or dogs, and they'll lead their children down that alley and start sharing that exposure. But, but it's really the relationship. It's, 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 and, and that's the hardest thing to explain to people, that, that in fact it's the relationship that connects and supports that bond. It's almost like the TV show, when you think of it, the old TV show, Cheers. It wasn't really that people went to Cheers to, to, to be totally entertained. It was really because everybody knew their name. It, and, and what's it like when, even when I come home and, and if the animals haven't been working with me when I arrived, it's like the Calgary Stampede. They run to the door, <laughs> excited to see me. You know, I don't see my wife running to the door saying, Honey, you're home! But the dogs... <laughs> let you know that you're wanted and needed. And, and, and in many ways, that's really what we're looking at when we look at the bond. It's that connection. And that connection can have healing and benefits to people. And that's where I've learned to harness this over the last 25 years. And that's where Afternoons with Puppy was written. Okay. Well, I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break uh, from Dr. Fine. And we will be right back to continue our discussion right after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo 
in Bocas. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbags and sleeping pets in their full upright position and prepare for takeoff. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back and speaking with Dr. Aubrey Fine, who has written a very interesting book called Afternoons with Puppy. And just before the break, you mentioned something uh, quite interesting. I want you to go back to that. Uh, how did you, how did you learn to harness this this healing power of of animals that 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 pets can bring to a relationship? I know you hear these stories about uh, pets. They know when you feel bad. They know when you're ill. They they seem to soothe soothe us when we're under the weather or inspire us to get out of bed in the morning when we really wouldn't want to otherwise. You know, it, as I mentioned, Amy, part of this. It was serendipitous where in Canada when I brought that little gerbil Sasha to that program, um, I was amazed with how inspired children were to interact with this very tiny animal. And when I began my, my early work in animal-assisted interventions, there wasn't really much written about this. You know, there was a gentleman in New York named Boris Levinson, a psychologist, um, who in the late 60s, early 70s really put this on the map. But Again, I was just a graduate student at that time and really wasn't aware of all of these things. You know, I think what's important for people to recognize is that one of the greatest um, assets in our interactions with animals is, one, the touch that animals provide us, that comfort level. What's it like when you're feeling anxious and an animal puts her head or his head on your lap and you... You cradle them. You hold them. Sometimes they act almost as as a, a blanket of fur in, in sort of inoculating you or protecting you to feel more comfortable. I think of this girl years ago that came to see me, and she was sent to me by her school counselor who believed she was depressed. And I remember, Amy, when I saw her the first day, she came to see me, and she wore um, uh, an army khaki jacket, and she had a a cap that was pulled over, uh, the brim of the cap was pulled over her uh, forehead, almost covering her eyes. And she was so anxious. And that day, one of uh, my dogs, who name is, her name is Hart, she's a black Labrador that was trained to be a guide dog, greeted her and, and, and slowly but surely helped her feel a pinch more comfortable. And what was neat about Hart is that she sat under her chair because um, she was trained as a guide dog, so she knew how to get out of people's way. But that day... 
what was unique is that at times when the young girl was anxious, you know, Hart would bob up her head almost as a gate in between me and her to sort of let her know this is going to be okay. And hmm. over the course of time, we developed a, a tremendous relationship, including the fact that eventually I found out that this girl was a cutter. And once ah. it was open that she cut herself, probably the moment where I could say the true connection began was the day that we talked about the cutting and she decided to show me some of the wounds that had been healed. And when she showed me her arm, Amy, heart was right next to her. And all I could say is that with eyes of puzzlement, Hart looked at her, looked at me, and did what she thought was the best she could provide. She began to lick those wounds. The girl <laughs> fell on the floor, began to weep. And that was really the beginning of, 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 of the, the tremendous strength of our own relationship. And, you know, I could go on and on and tell you what we did over the next nine months. She didn't go to school. We pulled her out of school so that she was homeschooled. But her relationship with Hart was so strong that she began to volunteer at, 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 at shelters because pets made her feel more comfortable. She wasn't very comfortable with, with people. And that was one of the things that we worked on, is that she wasn't only depressed but was socially anxious. But over the course of treatment, let me tell you, she made remarkable progress. Well, I think that's something that we discover with with our pets, as you said, you know, you open the door and there, there's a, um, a a stampede to greet you where you don't get that with other people, with with humans. And, and they dogs don't care if you've brushed your teeth, if your socks smell bad or any of that stuff. And, and they they welcome you with hugs and kisses. And I think our society today, often we're starved for that that human connection, that human touch, and pets are so forgiving and so non-judgmental. It can be a wonderful bridge between people, or just to open up that avenue, as with this young girl. And, and, and you know, with so many people, Amy, the some people that I know have limited social skills, and animals, as you said, aren't as judgmental. If they know that you care and you're you're you're, you're attentive to their needs. They're going to interact with you and, and demonstrate that loving devotion. And for some kids and for some adults, the animals in their lives are their only friends. It's their yes. source of inspiration to move on to the next day. Well, and I know that I've, I've spoken with some folks that, um, in fact, the my magic uh, was a German shepherd dog. One of, the, one of his siblings from the same litter uh, went on, was going to be... Um, uh, psychiatric assistance dog as well and a lot of these these dogs it's my understanding are are used as almost um, a, a bridge for for the children who perhaps are other abled in some way but and and maybe don't have good relationships with other children but the kids will come up to pet the dog to meet the bird to see the iguana or whatever and and help maybe normalize some of those things, make it not quite so difficult for them. Absolutely. When you think about it, animals act as a social catalyst. How often do you find people walking down the street with their dog, a bird, whatever, and people will will navigate right towards them and say, how old's your dog? Can you tell me about your dog? And and I I, I think that that in and of itself is crucial, that that animals uh, sometimes can open pathways. I think of a boy that I knew that didn't have good social skills 
eventually got interested in birds, still had difficulty with people, but then began to join bird clubs and Uh began to associate with those individuals. You know, how many times do you see people go to dog parks and they develop friendships with people that that, that are same-minded and love the dogs that they're with? So, you know, it, it, it acts as that gateway, that social catalyst. And, you know, I, I think of one story that, that, that I think is extremely meaningful. It's about a girl that had cancer, um, and she lived in Portland, and, and her dog's name was Alexander. And we talk about this in Afternoons with Puppy, that, in fact, Gleason, who was that, that, serv- that therapy dog, um, was really the one of the main beings in her life until she passed away. And there was a time that once she went with Gleason and his handler to a ceramic shop to make her mother a uh, gift for Valentine's Day. What was the, the most interesting part was when she got there, she was very self-conscious because she was wearing a wig and had a baseball cap. But there was Gleason sort of hanging out with her. Within moments after she arrived, some kids came by and said, well, how come you could bring this dog in? Tell me about this dog. And eventually she opened up and said that Gleason wasn't hers but was a a therapy dog and that she had something called cancer. And she felt so comfortable eventually that she took off the hat and wig. And the kids said, hey, you're cool because you have (laughs) this dog here. And, and, And to show you the impact of how important that dog was in not only that girl's life but the life of that family, what I was told is that at the end of her life, she had such a closeness to Gleason that Gleason would visit and, and, and actually was somewhat anxious because she was on many, many wires and tubes in the hospital, but would let her caress him the best she could. And what, what I was told was that when she died before even the, fam- the family called Sue, which is Gleason's handler, Gleason howled for 45 minutes before that news was given. And at the funeral, they left a seat in the front of the pews for Gleason to stay. And there was a big picture of Gleason and Alexander. So reason to live, um, reason to support is really crucial. Boy, it just gave me chills. So what else is is about um, Afternoons with Puppy is uh, different than other books possibly on the subject? Well, you know, I, the, the Handbook in Animal Assisted Therapy is actually the leading textbook on, on the research side of animal assisted interventions. What's really unique about Afternoons with Puppy that, that I um, have enjoyed sharing is that, number one, I felt like I, I was the voice of my animals. Uh, the book is written for everyone to read. It, it looks at the journey that I've had over these many, many years working alongside animals and the healing and recovery that, that was inspired through these interactions. But the book also looks, and I think what's really unique, the book also looks at the lessons that we can learn from our associations with animals and really looks at how these animals really not have, not only have made me a better therapist, but a tremendously better person. And, and I think that's the lessons that I want our, my readers, your listeners, to really appreciate. You know, I could sit here and give you many aha moments, and those are the aha moments that we in media have really celebrated. But the relationships, in my opinion, and what's unique about Afternoons with Puppy, isn't only these aha moments. It's really looking at the celebrations of the daily moments that we have with people, the tender caresses, the special times that create these unique relationships 
which in fact is what the human-animal bond is all about. It's the everyday moments, the, the, the times that you come home and, and, and you're greeted by your dog, the times that you sit on the floor and your kitten curls up next to you. And that's really what Afternoons with Puppies celebrates. It really looks at, one, the, the, the achievements, the triumphs that my patients have made over the years. It looks at the lessons that we learn from our interactions with, with, with animals that we need to sometimes recognize that gentleness is, is, is great. When I look at Puppy, why she was so inspiring is that Puppy, I told you, was somewhat abused and her top teeth were broken. And mm. so when she smiled at you, you knew that something happened. The lesson that I learned from Puppy really comes from Grandma Moses when she says, you know, that life is worth living. And, and in fact, for, for many of us, um, we need to recognize that Every day, life is what you make out of it. It always has been and it always will be. And Puppy was really an inspiration because when you looked at her, she could have easily had given up on life too. Live life like a puppy. Well, live life like a champ. Live life yeah. like you have to give it a second chance because even when you have tough times, things can be worked up positively. And that's another lesson that we get from Afternoons with Puppy is that okay. tremendous change. How can our listeners get your book? There are a variety of ways. One is they can go to the website, which is www.afternoonswithpuppy.com. Again, afternoonswithpuppy, um, in one large word, .com. Or they can go to Amazon or Purdue University. Well, thank you so much for being a guest with us. We'll make sure to put those links up on uh, our webpage, on the guest page, so that you can uh, contact Dr. Aubrey about his book and find it. Uh, I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. Email me your suggestions for a topic or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. You can get transcripts that way, too. Woofs and purrs until next time. Now, you know why you love your pets, so go show them how much you care. Tell them I sent you, because I don't want them to go away peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>